Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. Phone lines are open, 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you. No guests lined up for the first hour. We do have Stephen Bailey set to join us at the top of hour number two. We'll talk some spring football with Stephen. He obviously covers the team for Syracuse.com and for the Post Standard. One week from tonight... The uh, annual spring showcase, they're calling it this year, will take place inside the Cary Dome. Uh, the, the real big thing for this team is tomorrow, Seth, and that's the, the last scrimmage of the spring behind closed doors. Uh, we're not going to be able to watch it, um, but that's what the coaches are looking forward to. That's what the players are looking forward to. The spring showcase is uh, a whole lot of drills and just some window dressing for everybody to get excited about, I get some s- autographs, but uh, tomorrow's the big scrimmage. I did see they're playing an offense versus defense scrimmage, which I, I think seems I, that was different than last year, right? Last year they didn't go offense, defense, did they? I don't think they did. And I, I know in the past it's been like these weird kind of mixes of like, well, we're going to set it up and do certain situations and if the defense gets an interception, they get a point and like weird things. So maybe it's more of a straightforward offense defense. I, I don't know. And uh, again, that's, that's next week. That speaks to depth, right? Because the the big big programs around the country, they'll just split up the teams, right? And they'll and play, <laughs> and there'll be a score, and it'll be you know, gray, gray versus white, and you right. know they'll and they'll play, and and it's it's an actual football game. Obviously, that's not the case at Syracuse, and that really started. What during the Greg Robinson era, because depth was an issue, and and Marone did the same thing where you know they put together these convoluted rules just for the sake because. of having you know a game to to put out there and to have a score, but they don't have enough depth in the program. Or at least they feel like they don't have enough depth to strictly just have an intra squad scrimmage, you know, like you would do in basketball, like the orange white scrimmage, right. where they just they split up the teams and you go play. And and they don't do that. Um, but tomorrow's the big scrimmage again behind closed doors. We'll get Stephen Bailey's thoughts on how spring practice is going and um, you know, some changes with positions and 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 whatnot. And and of course Rex Culpepper addressed the media yesterday yeah. and uh, we'll get Stephen's thoughts on uh on what Rex had to say to everybody. I'm always interested, by the way, speaking of spring games, like the Scarlet and Gray game in, in Ohio State, the Crimson and White game at, at Alabama, they get like 80,000 people to go watch like this nothing stupid scrimmage. I'm always impressed by that. Well, that's what makes Alabama, Alabama, and Ohio right. State, Ohio State. Like, I shouldn't be impressed by that, but I am. Like, wh- well, why do they get so many? Like, why do so many like people want to go watch practice? It's like Midnight Madness at Kentucky. Like, they, they pack the place. Right. That's because it's that's Kentucky basketball, and that's what that's what makes it what it is. That's right, what makes Syracuse it special. Syracuse basketball is a big deal. We don't pack the dome for yeah, but they don't for for scrimmages. True, but it's not the same thing. Like they do it like a big event, and I mean Syracuse like kind of sort of does it. Um, I mean they used to they used to bring a musical act, no yeah. musical act this year, but they used to bring like a you know a popular act, and people would go. And um, I mean there were a lot of people. There weren't a lot of people this year. It was just kind of a scrimmage. It was a low-key event. Yeah. yeah, it was a low-key event. But Kentucky does it upright. Ohio State, Alabama. I mean, that's why they're Ohio State and Alabama. Uh, we should point out. Uh, I know you're you're well aware of this. 
uh, tomorrow, the 15th anniversary of Syracuse winning the national championship. Um, do you have a moment? I know that wasn't your moment, but, no, but what not. is your moment as a fan that rises above all others? Uh, there are probably two, and and for different reasons. One was the Giants beating the Patriots the first time in the Super Bowl, um, and because that was just so crazy, right? Because they the Patriots were eighteen and zero; they were literally steamrolling everybody. Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame wide receiver, and and you just didn't think that they could be beaten. So that's one. Um, and then when the Yankees won in two thousand nine, and I, I say that one because um, I feel like I was too young even in two thousand to like really enjoy you know, the Yankees winning the World Series. You know, I was six years old in, in 2000 when the Yankees, you know, won their last of the four there. Um, so I was probably, like, a little too young. Uh, but you still had the carryover. You still had all those guys, you know, and Jeter and Rivera and Jorge Posada and Andy Pettit that you knew were, like, these awesome players who had done all that in the 90s. And it felt like that was, like, that time, like, oh, this is, okay, this is my Yankee championship, right? Like, this is this is what I'm going to remember. Um, and I remember I went with my friends... Uh, a couple of friends and I went to the ESPN zone in New York to watch the game. So we were in Times Square and we were just like sitting there for, you know, the the four hours of the game. Um, we were like 15. I don't know why we were allowed to go do that, you know, and, and sit in a, a bar alone. Uh, but we did. Um, and then you pour out and you're in Times Square and like three days later we didn't have school and I went to the parade. Like the whole thing around it. I, th- I think that one, 09 and the Yankees winning. And that's, mine. that's how you know it rises to to that level. Like you knew like where you were, what you were wearing, who you were with. You remember the day and the moment yeah. and everything surrounding it. Um, we had we had. I actually remember now when we went to the the ESPN zone. We show up and they're like, "You have to be eighteen to come." And I was like, "I made a reservation like three days ago. Why didn't you tell me that then?" And something ends up happening where these other people needed somebody to sit at their table for like five minutes until their friends got there. Otherwise, they were threatening to take their table away. And so while we were sitting, me and a a friend of mine were sitting there, our other two friends were waiting. And we explained to that guy what was happening. And he was like, oh, I got you. And like, so there's a random guy that we didn't know. which just like, oh, hey, these are like younger brothers of a college buddy. Like, I'm I'm going to watch them. You know, so just put them at that table. Vouch for you. Yeah, we had no idea who this guy was. And again, that's how you know that it's that it's something special because you had that story to tell. You remember that. You know, I'll go back to for me. Uh, you know, Leitner shot. I think uh, to beat Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. You know, I remember where I was, who I was with, uh, that kind of thing. You know, certainly the 2003 national title for me. I look at it from a different perspective because I was working that night. So you know, I don't look at that as from a fan perspective, but I certainly remember what I was doing and who I was with that night. I think the Bills come back in the playoffs when they they made that crazy comeback against the Oilers down 32 and they came back to win that game. You know, I don't have a Super Bowl <laughs> my in my <laughs> fandom. I don't have right. a Bills Super Bowl right. to remember. I have well, I have four Super Bowls to remember, not a Super Bowl victory to remember. Right. Um so that rises to the level for me. I am just curious to to get our listeners thoughts on that as well. 315-437-7644. Is it the national title game? Is that what rises above all else? Is it something else? And I know for you you weren't a Syracuse basketball no. fan back then. Uh Max our producer will we'll talk to him later. He was a Syracuse basketball fan. That is his moment. He was like 9 or 10. Yeah, I mean I, I was the same age. I, I was nine years old. Uh, uh, oddly enough, you know, for whatever reason, that's like one of the first times I remember actually like sitting down with the purpose of like watching a college basketball game. Like I bit, I know I'd been to NBA games before that. I know I had been to Yankee games. I'm, I know I'd been to Giants games before that. And I have, I remember that. That's like the first time I remember saying, 
I want to watch this game tonight, uh, you know, for whatever reason. I, I think I was, you know, infatuated by Carmelo Anthony as, as a nine-year-old. And, and I was like, I need to stay up past my bedtime and, and watch this game kind of a thing. And and so it, it's not like one of those moments that I, I remember like fondly as, a, as, you know, oh, one of my great sport fandom memories. But yeah, I mean, that that's a game that I, I vividly remember sitting down to watch. And I'm curious for, again, the Syracuse fans that are listening and for those that, you know, that's their moment. What do you remember most from that game? Because there were so many key moments, key plays, key performances. You know, is it Jerry going nuts in the first half with the six threes? Is it the way Mello played? Is it the fact that Billy Edelin made the last field goal? A lot of people forget that he made the last field goal in that game. Uh, it's certainly Akeem Warwick's block. Uh, you know, the shot at the end where Queth Dwayne, you know, catches the air ball and, you know, throws and it's just pandemonium. I mean, what's the moment that you remember? And again, you were young. Um, do you remember a certain moment from that game? Or you just remember... I don't think I remember anything. I, yeah. I just remember... I was sitting in my basement and I was like, like, I remember saying, I want to sleep in the basement tonight because the TV was in the basement, not my bedroom. (laughs) And by saying I want to sleep in the basement meant I could stay up as late as I wanted to and watch TV. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. Uh, Doug in North Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Doug. Uh, Hi, Steve. How are you? Listen, there's only really one answer to this question, and I'm pretty sure you know what it is. Let the me guess. You're going back to the corner against Kurt. I was gonna. I, as soon as I saw Doug in North Syracuse pop up on our call screener, that's a, I. That's precisely where I thought you were going. Thanks for not letting me down. <laughs> oh no, not a chance. I truly think that that's the most incredible play, certainly ever in the history of Syracuse lacrosse, and I think in any sport across the board. When if you go back and watch that play. Watch what Nims does to get the ball to the ground, then watch what Joel White does to get. I mean, the Cornell boy comes up with it after he strips it. Um, then Joel White strips it again. Keel comes through, throws the behind the back pass, and you know the rest of it is history. Nims sneaks back to the goal. It's just, just, just an incredible, absolutely unbelievable play. And Hughes was down by three goals yeah. with a few minutes left to go in that game. They, they, they you know, it, it was just amazing. So, well, so it, there's your answer. Uh, Doug, uh, let me let me well, just sorry. jump in on there. Stay on the line with us. So I'll yeah. I'll tell you a story from that game from from a, a media person's perspective. Myself and Sal Manin were there, and yeah. as you know, you cannot actually shoot the game because of the you know the NCAA uh, restrictions on the you know the the vi- visuals. So you have to go and you have to wait in the tunnel, and then when the game is over, you have to wait thirty seconds from the final horn, and then you can get out on the field. So you, you said they were down three in the closing minutes. Sal and I were up in the press box watching the game. I was like, this thing's over. Like let's just, so we we walk down. I'm writing my stand-ups for you know what you know about how Syracuse lost and you know I'm, you know Cornell wins and so on and so forth. And then like in a blink of an eye, the whole thing changes in front of. I mean, it was. It was amazing. We were we were in disbelief, just like everybody else. But from a, again, from a media perspective, it was one of those that it, it was over. People were writing their story that Syracuse absolutely. lost the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Stephen. Not only that, when the game went into overtime, Cornell won the faceoff. That's right. Cornell's got the ball down, really kind of behind their own goal, and uh, Sid Smith does some thievery that was just an absolute thing of beauty. Man, just stripped the guy of the ball. Here it comes back upfield and. You know, Cody gets the pass and puts it in. But you're absolutely right. That game was over, man. At 9-6, to six, it's just not happening. Q's not coming back. And as long as we're on the subject, very strange if I'm on the phone. But um, that was uh, 
this current team has turned things around beautifully, yeah. man. So, you know, they're looking pretty good. So thanks for taking my call. Enjoy. Bye. All right. Appreciate it, Doug. And I guess as long as we're on the subject, uh, Rick Beardsley and I, 9 to tomorrow 10 o'clock morning. tomorrow, the uh, upstate lacrosse show. Uh, we'll talk about this team that, yeah, they, they have turned it around. They've won three games in a row and uh, seem to be hitting their stride after taking care of Hobart and on the subject of Cornell, that's the next game. Syracuse Cornell Tuesday night uh, down at Shokoff Field in Ithaca should be a good one. So we'll talk about that for an hour. But so many great memories in just in SU sports, if we want to limit it to that. Uh, I'm curious to get, again, our listeners' thoughts on their top sports moment. Is it the national title from 2003? Is it something else? 315-437-7644. Got to take our first time out back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. We've got today's business coming up with our producer, uh, Max Burgandy. Tiger Woods about to tee off at the Masters. Currently five shots off the lead. He's hanging in there. He's having a good day already. Yeah. I mean, the the field has come back to him uh, to some degree. Jordan Spieth started with a double bogey. He was obviously minus six going into the day. Tiger at plus one. And again, Tiger was in danger yesterday of things kind of getting away from him. You see what um, Phil just did, by the way? No. Triple bogey. All right. That's not good for Phil. Yeah. Bad bad day for Phil. I know everybody's excited about Tiger, and they want him to contend again. I came across a couple of stats, though, that indicate he might be a ways off. Like, for instance, yesterday, he didn't have any birdies. Yep. On the par fives. And that's when Tiger was Tiger, he did his damage on the par fives. Right. Killed and it was, it. you could pencil him in for if there were four par fives, he was four under at least. You know, sometimes at you least, get an yeah. eagle or, you know, maybe if he had a bad day, he's three under on the par fives. Makes a big difference. I mean, if he's three under on the par fives yesterday, he's minus two. He's, he's right there. Uh, anyway, the stat regarding Tiger and the par fives, he's like 101st on the PGA Tour in scoring on the par fives. And that is not Tiger Woods golf. Like Tiger, when he was dominant, he would dominate the par fives. Um, and and I think that's a concern. So before we say, you know, Tiger's back or we expect Tiger to contend again, right. I think before we can expect him to contend week in and week out, I think he's going to contend here and there when he plays well. But to expect him to contend again on a regular basis, I think that's got to change. Yeah, see what he does today. Uh, I mean, look, you, you got to see what he does today. To your point, when, when he was on par fives and, and he was in you know, his prime, it was uh, he, you expected a birdie and, and thought there was birdie a chance was of an eagle. for him. Right, and you thought there was a chance of an eagle. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with that point. Um, the the craziest thing is, is the, mass, the the ratings were the highest they've been in, you know, who knows how long. Uh, you know, it's it's just this this Tiger kind of rebound effect and—, and uh, it doesn't matter how long he's been gone, right? Because you now can't use the excuse of, oh, we don't know the other guys. Like, no, you you should know the other guys, but Tiger is still such a figure that he comes back and and the ratings just bounce. And, and the, the viewership yesterday was, was off the charts. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I love the Masters. It would be nice if Tiger you, was in contention. Are you one of those people who says Sunday at the Masters is one of the best, is like the best sports day of the year? Like, are you one of those people, or do you just really enjoy one of those people? Uh, you, or do you just really enjoy? The I Masters? really enjoy the Masters. Okay. I'm not putting it ahead of the NCAA tournament. I'm not putting it ahead of the Super Bowl. 
so on and so forth. Because the first Thursday, the first day of the NCAA tournament is the greatest day of the year every day. Well, I'm a college basketball guy, so give me every day of the tournament. Yes, the, you know, but, the Thursday, but, the Friday, <laughs> Elite specific, Eight, the Final Four. Specifically that 36-hour period from noon on Thursday to just past midnight on Friday. Greatest, greatest day of sports. Yeah, so Sunday at the Masters, I'm not putting it ahead of that. I'm not putting it ahead of, you know, Super Bowl, NFL playoffs, so on and so forth. I really enjoy Sunday at the Masters. I, I do. Um, I'm looking forward to this weekend and the fact that Tiger may or may not be in the mix. I'm going to watch either way. Would it be more fun if the gallery got behind Tiger and he was within striking distance, you know, wearing his, you know, red shirt? On Sunday, yeah, it would that would add some some drama to it for me. But I don't need the drama. I'm watching anyway. Would you be curious to see how the new guys react to having like Tiger breathing down their neck in the red you shirt this on Sunday the other day? Because I, you know, I I like like Jordan Spieth grew up watching Tiger Woods and being like, I want to like presumably he's like, I want to golf because of that guy. Yeah, right. So like, wouldn't you be curious to see like, oh man, now it's him. Like now he's chasing us down. You brought this up the other day, and we didn't really have time to get into it. Um, it's obviously different now. There was a Tiger effect in the past. There's no doubt about it. That if he was at or near the top of the leaderboard, people. it did. And especially when he was chasing and you you could feel him literally breathing down your neck. Like, that was, that was a thing. Um, I don't think these guys are in awe of him. And even if you picked up a golf club for the first time because of Tiger Woods, if you're battling it out with him on Sunday, it's not the same. It's like you can have respect for him and respect, but he's respect for what he was, but he's not that anymore. Right. Like he doesn't have that mental edge. It's not like if it's close, like with Syracuse basketball in the tournament, right? There, there was this feeling like if the game was close, SU was going to figure out a way to win. Like they had that confidence. And it used to be with Tiger that if it was close, he was going to win. Gonna win. He, right. he was just, he was going to find a way to win. It took him forever before he lost a tournament where he led after three rounds and then gave it up. Like, he never gave up a lead on Sunday. Took him forever for that to happen. Like, right. decades. Uh, uh, you know, it was more than a decade, I think, before he lost his first lead on Sunday. I love this shot, by the way. We've got it on in studio, and the, the first tee there where it's the trees on the side and the... It, I mean, the, the gal, look at the galleries here. And I, I know it's it's the Masters, right? So it's going to be packed. But, like, you 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 can't tell me that it's a little bit more packed because he was teeing off. Them. No doubt. No doubt. And I was, I was just going to say, and it's Tiger people, on the first tee. All these people are now going to follow him everywhere he goes. Split the fairway, by the way, on yeah. his uh, drive on one. So that's a good sign uh, for Tiger as, as he tees off. And, and we'll keep you posted throughout the day and certainly tonight on News Channel 9 as well. But as I wrap up the point, though, it used to be if it was close, he wins or he'll find a way. And that's not the case anymore. So, you know, you say it'll be interesting on Sunday if he's in contention. It's not the same. There's not going to be that same Tiger effect. It's not going to be that same intimidation factor. In fact, I'm not sure he even believes if it's close. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not even sure he has that confidence that if it's right. close, he's going to find I, a way to win. I also think that some of the new guys have that confidence. Yeah, that right. Like, I think Jordan Spieth has that that crazy speak, that 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 crazy, yeah. you know, Tiger confidence that, that Tiger used to have. Yeah, and maybe if Tiger wins one like that, like comes from two back on the back nine to win, he might get it back in an instant. I don't know. I don't think he has it right now, and I don't think the other players are afraid of him. Um, but I hope we see that. <laughs> can, I, can I say that? I hope we see yeah. it on Sunday where he's in contention and and we see how the other players react. Um, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I'm glad you're going to watch as well. It'll give us something to talk about on Monday. Yeah, we'll regardless talk about of how Monday. this thing plays out. A uh, quick piece of breaking news before we get into today's business. Uh, you've picked up Seinfeld, from what I understand. Yeah, pretty good. 
Pretty I, good. <laughs> started, yeah, it's a pretty pretty I, good little show. I uh, I started binge watching last week. I've 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 like sat down and watched twice. I've I've hit four episodes each time. So I'm in like the middle of the second season. For some reason, the first season was only like five episodes. Um, but I I don't know why I started. Like I don't know what made me start watching now. But uh, yeah, holds up. Have you gotten to it's the funny. point yet where you think to yourself, why didn't I watch this sooner? Probably, probably. Like I, on a scale of one to ten, how much are you enjoying it? I a lot. Okay, I, I, like Good. a seven or eight. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm enjoying it. seven and like an eight. Okay, I'm I'm really like enjoying an eight. It. Right. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Ringing endorsement from <laughs> Seth Goldberg. I'm eight episodes in. Give me a break. They're, it's I'm in give order me a break. to binge watch something though. You have to be like you have to be invested. Like you have yeah, to well, be I, in it. I sat down and watched four episodes. I watched two right. hours of so it you, at a time. You like it then? Yeah, I like it. All right, I'm a fan. There's hope for you. Let's take a time I'll, out. I'll eventually get through all of it. There's a lot of episodes. When you find an episode that's like it, we have to break it down. Like a pop culture. Well, no, like you know, like the Soup Nazi or right. you know, like Keith Hernandez. Right. Or, I mean, like we'll talk about. Yeah, it. talk about it. Bring it up because okay. I, I don't want to ruin things for you. But, okay. Uh, yeah. When when you watch one, say, Hey, Steve, I I've saw heard the Soup about Nazi this before. Yeah. yeah. We, we'll we'll discuss. We got to take a time out. Today's business next. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. It's brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs as we welcome back our producer, Max Burgandy. What do you have for us today, Max? First of all, I'm very proud of Seth for diving into Seinfeld. Fine. What, what else should be on my list? Because this will probably take up... I, I don't. I don't want to say this will take up the summer because that's, no. that's a long ways away. Depends on how much you like it. How often well, you watch? Well, see, I've also been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm also on like season three to four there. Very so I think similar I'm, shows. Yeah, like I started watching that, and I was like, "Oh, I like this," and then I was like, "You know, I should probably just watch Seinfeld." So I've kind of put Curb off to the side for the time being, and I'm hitting Seinfeld. You got to do Breaking Bad. You got to do okay. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's a you lot. Gotta... That's a Game of Thrones is a lot of hours. That's like a whole summer. That's a lot that's of a hours. Summer. I don't know it's that great, I'm in for it. And. You got to do The Office. I'm thinking if I want to do Westworld. That's a good one, too. Uh, but anyway, Conor McGregor, if you guys remember from my update, has been arrested and charged with three counts of misdemeanor assault, one felony count of criminal mischief after he was seen on video throwing a hand dolly through the window of a bus that had UFC fighters inside of it. Allegedly, the outbreak was a retaliation for an incident earlier in the week between a team member of McGregor's and another fighter. He's in a lot of trouble. He was arrested. He just got... He video today of him walking out of the police station with his hands cuffed behind his back. Uh, is his time in the UFC over? And what does this no. mean for him moving forward? No, his time in the UFC is not over because Dana White was on, uh, you know, ESPN this morning and had the opportunity to say uh, that and was asked, "Will you fire Conor McGregor?" And he said, "No." Um, as as the video is actually on Sports Center right now, we just saw him throw the cart through the bus window. Yeah, uh, but. You know, he he would not say, yes, Conor McGregor will be fired. I don't think he will be. I think that this sets up for him to fight the guy that he's mad at and however long. And Well, they the guy he's the mad room. at is a lightweight. Well, I, I, uh, I think that it sets up for him to fight uh, whatever. I, his I team can't, member, whatever. I can't remember his name. Khabib? I, I don't yeah. know his first name, but whoever it is. I, I don't follow the UFC. You think this was a stunt or no? No, I don't. Uh, it, it feels very WWE to me, though. Yeah. Steve, what's your take on this whole thing? It's a mess. The first thing I thought of was John Jones and how, like you say, you know, 
what's going to happen next with his fighting career, and you just say, like, well, he's got bigger issues than his fighting career. And I would say the same thing to a lesser degree with McGregor, but you just said he's in some serious trouble. Like, he's in some serious trouble. Like, he's facing felony charges. So before we talk about, and I understand why we talk about on the show here, but before he needs to concern himself with his future as a professional fighter, he needs to deal with that first. And I would say, you know, the same thing with, with John Bones Jones. He's got some issues. Like, before he worries about where his next payday is coming from, he's got to take care of his, you know, his issues personally first. And so you ask my reaction, my take, like, that's the first thing that popped into my head is that, like, deal with what you need to deal with and then worry about fighting and, like, getting back into the ring some other time. Like, get some help, man. Yeah. You need some, like, anger exactly. management classes. Like, his antics are really funny when uh, it's, like, in the press before the fights. and they're... It's not funny when you're facing felony charges. No, it's not funny when no. you're <laughs> vandalizing property in the Barclay Center and now facing felony charges. So, tough bout for Conor McGregor there. Um, elsewhere in New York City, though, a billboard near MSG has been spotted that's challenging LeBron James to sign with the Knicks. The billboard purchased by NYC's Adco is a New York based marketing company. The Knicks joined the Sixers and the Lakers as teams who have lobbied for the Kings talent. Can you ever see LeBron coming to the Garden? No. No. Uh unless it's as a visiting player. Uh <laughs> you know, I just I don't like he, he there's there's too much pressure, right? Like too much would be asked and expected of him. Um and he would be 34. Yeah, and and it would be unrealistic. You know, I I just I don't think that putting him on the Knicks makes them, you know, that contender. And I know that you put LeBron on any team and they're a contender. I I don't think that that's a situation that he would want to walk into. That would be good for him to walk into. That like it, it wouldn't be good for him. Well, I think that's the part of it. It's not the pressure. It's not the would they be a contender because it, you know, LeBron gives you a chance no matter what team you're on, but he wants to win championships. And I don't think the the pieces that they have there now could they completely blow up the roster and that would take a lot of work and as you said you know time's ticking against him to some degree so no I don't think that's an option I think he's gonna I mean he's got every option on the table whatever option he wants is on the table but I don't think that's a legitimate option because of of what's there I do think he's leaving Cleveland I think there's a good chance I would like to see him go to Philly that would be awesome that, that would be really would be entertaining to watch fun to watch. I mean, I, I that team's already fun to watch. Throw LeBron in the middle of it; yeah. it'd be awesome. Like L.A., yeah, it's the Lakers, but I don't think he's going I west. Think, I don't think he wants to play with Isaiah Thomas after this season again, and I don't think he wants well, to go Isaiah to L.A. Would be gone. I don't think he wants to go west. the The path is so much harder. They they just showed the Western Conference standings. The last team in the West, the eighth place team in the West, has forty four wins and is tied for the playoff spot, and like could fall out. You know, that it's it's so much more difficult a path. To get to the playoffs in the, in, in the West than it is in the East. Tiger update, uh, bogeyed the first hole. So split the fairway on his drive, a bad second shot, put it over the green, a bad chip shot, and then just missed the putt. So uh, he drops to plus two. The leaders at uh, minus three currently. And again, there's a, what, eight-way tie for first place right That's now at minus three. So Tiger, yeah. five shots back. Just throwing that in there. What else you got? Well, no, next? that was perfect because I just was thinking out there to myself, like if you guys were talking about Tiger, and we don't know if he's back, don't know how well he's going to play. If he never wins a major, like, and never wins another major, can he be re- regarded as the best golfer of all time, but not the greatest? I was going to say, because I thought you were going to say the greatest, I was going to say there's a difference between best and greatest, and we kind of, like, talked about it yet the other day, I think, where, like, greatest implies the winning, 
Yeah, right? it but implies, the best, yeah. But the best is just like, man, he was damn good, right? Like, he was just a really good basketball player, athlete, like, whatever. Like, just, like, I would say LeBron is like, the I was best say, basketball is, is player the of the best time. basketball player like, of all time, but right, not the greatest. Exactly. And I think there's a difference. So, sure. I think so. Would you agree with that, Steve? That's a really good question. Because you've been watching golf for a lot longer than I have. Is that an old joke? I think it that was. That is an old joke. I, think it was. I don't think it was a joke. <laughs> I don't think it was a joke. I don't think it was a joke. <laughs> it was a fact. I'm just I think stating just facts. Saying, yeah. All right, guys. That's for me to point out. You don't have to pile on. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I've never seen anyone. I've, I've watched Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. No one I compares. I Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. That doesn't sound very confident. That doesn't. <laughs> I have a hard time, and I, I struggle with this with the LeBron-MJ thing, too. Because you say there's a difference between best and greatest, and in my mind, like they're kind of the same thing. Like I think of greatest as including the resume of, like, you won. Like, but that's like part of whole... what makes you the best, too. Well, but no. I'm because, thinking no, best because skill best, set. Best, who would you put one-on-one who, who's winning a game? Isn't that a different question than greatest? Yes. Like, like, he's the better basketball player than X is different than, like, he had a greater career. But again, you know, if you're saying... You're in the conversation for both either way, but I do think there's a difference. A very subtle difference. But different skill sets, like, in different positions, like, you know, how do you compare Shaq to, like, John Stockton? You don't. You know, I mean, like, how, how can you compare that? They're, I mean, they're you completely can't. different players. You can't. So, I, I hear what you're saying. I kind of think of like the best and the greatest along the same lines. Like, if you said who's the who's the best basketball player of all time, like I still have Jordan slightly ahead of LeBron. You ask me who's the greatest, like t- to me, it's the same answer. So, but I, given your definition, yeah, I would. I I've never seen anybody like Tiger, obviously, and you know I'm. Yes, I'm old, but I'm not that old. I mean, I caught I caught the tail end of Jack's career. Okay, you were so, watching Sam Snead. Your guys are funny. So see, that was a joke. Yeah, see, that before. was it. Okay, fine. Um, Tiger, the best golfer of all time. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, can I throw one more out here before we uh, we have to hit a break? Yeah. Uh, just saw this pop across the Twitter feed. Uh, the Arizona University of Arizona Board of Regents approved changes to Sean Miller's contract. He will lose $1 million if charged with a crime or a major rules violation. I kind of like that. Is that him betting on himself and saying, I sure didn't do that? Here's here's how confident I am that I did not do what is reported. I will bet my I will bet literally bet a million dollars that I did not do it. Does he have any leverage in that? Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think know. it was so Isn't much him. I think, I think it was the school trying to protecting itself. Yeah, I think so. But for him to agree to it, <sighs> what are the I don't choices? think he has a choice. If you're charged with a crime, we're going to fire you. Yeah, you know. Although in his contract, as we know, he gets paid whether he gets fired with cause or not, um, which is fascinating to me. I don't know. It doesn't say a lot to me about Sean Miller. I think that's the school just protecting itself. If yeah. they decide, I think it's a wise know, We're going to keep you as basketball coach, but. We get a we get a cut in terms of uh, you know how much we have to pay you if if you did something wrong. I think that's fair. That's all we got for today. That was today's business brought to you by Grossman Sanamore CPAs, located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman Sanamore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman Sanamore CPAs 
Can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at GSACPAs.com. One final timeout, wrap up the show right after this on ESPN Radio.